Hello, good people. This is Shantae Christian, and you are listening to the My Best Shift Podcast. of 2021, we remixed the Unspoken Truth series. In this bonus episode, which is the second of five, I am joined by Colette Brooks and Ronald Jones to discuss being Black in America. Thank you for joining us this evening, afternoon, morning, whatever time it is, wherever you are. I am so happy to be able to do a mini series of unspoken truths and giving people a little insight into more than just the typical four panelists. And so you all being Colette and Ronald (laughs) will be the second pair of our series. And so I'm super excited for people to, to be able to hear what your thoughts are on being Black in America. And so if you all would just share with us a little bit about yourself and then we'll go ahead and get started. Um, hello, everyone. I am Colette Brooks, born and raised in Virginia. So I'm a Virginia girl. My education is master's in mental health, as well as a master's in education and human development. My professional life, I work um, as a therapist. In a prior career, I worked in corporate and human resources. Even though I'm from Virginia, I've lived in multiple states as well as overseas um, as a part of my career journey. Um, So I have both domestic and international experience. I've led very large teams um, of HR professionals, and currently I own and operate a mental health practice that has two locations and about 15 therapists in it here in the state of Virginia. Married with a couple kids, they're all grown, and it's just me and my husband kind of hanging out and living our lives. So I'm happy to be here and looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. Uh, Hello, everyone. My name is Ronald Jones. I am by day a nonprofit leader um, in terms of business solutions. And so current nonprofit that I'm with, I help secure partnerships so that we can continue to push the mission through our market. Um, Born and raised in West Virginia, that's where I currently reside. Uh, My background is in psychology and higher education. Outside of the nine to five, I am a coach, consultant, a mentor, curriculum developer, facilitator, trainer. Sometimes I sleep, you know, who needs to sleep, right? Everyone needs sleep. But outside of that, I also take up photography um, and I'm a jazz musician. If I could tie all of that into one thing, I enjoy connecting people to opportunities. Thank you both for sharing. And yes, West Virginia, you definitely got a face for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I don't think I realized that you were in the D.C. area. So, Well, where I am in West Virginia, we're considered part of the metro area. So like, for instance, when I commute into the city, I jump on the mark train. Oh, okay. See, okay. take it back. Okay. Well, I don't know if I'm going to take it back, but I'll say okay. <laughs> well, colleagues who commuted from West Virginia into D.C., um, they call them sleepy towns mm-hmm. um, because they, you know, go there to sleep and live, but they work in the city. Yeah, 45-minute train ride, I'm in D.C. I mean, that's pretty metro-ish. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, thank you. 
thank you for coming in and just having just this what I think is going to be a really powerful dialogue just by our pregame <laughs> conversations. And so I'm really excited. And so, you know, 2020 was crazy. It, it legit was crazy. And it was a challenge for people of color as we continually saw publicly and on certain platforms, the injustices that were happening to our people. I know both of you have had conversations around it. Both of you have coached and and talked to people around it, but I'm really intrigued as to the impacts that it had on you from a perspective of pushing you toward 2021 and your mindset as you get to 2021. It's a huge question. Um, For me, 2020 was, I kind of, at first that it was a year of like disgust. It was all these negative kind of terms that I connotated with 2020. But then when I sat back and thought about it, I had to remember some of the blessings that came out of 2020 for me personally, for people around me. And it made me frame 2021 um, as my year of wanting to reconnect with people um, that I care about and with people that I'm a developer and a mentor and um, I'd like to work with especially black women um, and help them become whatever it is that it is they're trying to become. So it's it's my year of reconnection and ensuring that, you know, things are kind of moving where I want them to be reconnecting and redesigning. So kind of living more intentionally and more on purpose and not allowing the negativity seep in too deeply. Reconnection, repurposing. I would say for me. It was weird because so 2019, I was preparing to, I was preparing for 2020 and nowhere in my preparation or my plan did I have anything that happened. Even if I turned my plan upside down and still read it, like it didn't show me that. And so it required me to, to take a pause and to, before I uttered complaints, I had to be grateful that I was still here because there were thousands by the score that weren't here, right? And I was like, yeah, this is uncomfortable, but I'm still here to feel the uncomfortableness. And then I had to start pulling down what was really uncomfortable. Was it uncomfortable because I never experienced it or was it uncomfortable because this wasn't part of my expectations? And then I had to flip the switch and say, hmm, if we look in like biblical days, the people were called to go through the wilderness, not come to the wilderness, right? And so it's like, I'm not supposed to just come this far and stay right here. Like, I got to go through this. So I don't really know what's on the other side of through. But what I do know is that there is a reason why we were brought to this moment. And it, it was hard, right? It was hard because when we first entered this pandemic, we was like, all right, cool. I'll see y'all. It's March 13th. Cool. Take your stuff. Everything you need, the office is closed. All right, cool. Let me just go here. Let me grab my plant because I don't know how long we're going to go. Let me grab my plant. And then I'm like, yo, it's December 2020. (laughs) I'm still in my house. I haven't put on real clothes since March because I kind of thought we was going to like two weeks. and But no, it lasted longer. And I was like, because I kept putting my level of perception and expectations on things that I had no knowledge of, it kept leading me to disappointment. 
oh, it'll be over in a few weeks. And then when a few weeks comes, we're still here. So I'm still in the depth of disappointment. And so I had to pull out my expectations and say, come what may, I'll handle it. I appreciated the social distance. And that taught me that I needed to be in a space to where I limited the access that people had to me. Because I was always going here and there. As soon as someone would call me, they would have an event. They want me to do this. I'm here and there. And I was like, yo, this 2020 has been a year of rest. Regardless of what has happened or caused the rest, I got the rest that I needed. And now I have been equipped with boundaries to where I don't really need another pandemic to get rest. I got it. Cool. Lesson learned. Right. And so now I'm forcing myself to use the rest. But I will say that it wasn't like, oh, okay, pandemic, stay at home order. Cool. It was, I'm helping everybody else manage this, but inside I'm screaming like, what the hell is happening? And then when people that I knew were dying because of the reason we were in the pandemic, then it started to really impact my mental. And then when the racial injustices started popping up on the radar, I was like, oh, okay. All right. This is a lot. This is a lot. And then when everything started to spiral, then the political scene, I was like, if I could just take a nap and wake up in 2021, I'll be all right. And that was that was just in May. Right. And so we had a couple more months, but I was slowly able to get to the point where I had to get out of my attitude and find gratitude. Mm. Man, I'm tired of working from home, but there's a lot of individuals that's not working at all. And so when I was able to shift that mindset, um, I was able to be at peace with the situation. It's interesting as I hear him talk, because it's a being in the mental health field. Um, we saw business increase during this time. There was no opportunity for rest, for sure. Right. And so to hear his experience of being able to find that place of rest for some in fields like healthcare and mental health, that just didn't happen. Our worlds didn't come to that place where we were able to rest. It did change the way in which we do our work and all of those good things, but the rest really didn't happen for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, I, I heard a common theme, though, around being intentional, being sure. intentional around your thoughts and not necessarily walking in with the same sort of intention that you were walking out with and a sense of gratitude. So it's it's really interesting that a year with so many highs and lows <laughs> had so many gifts in it, like so many hidden gifts and we were willing to take the opportunity to sit back and really look at them and really examine them. I think that that's really powerful, especially just the expectations because... For me, as we're in 2021, I knew that I was still not going to be able to go anywhere, still not going to be able to go do anything. But my expectations for the year were different than my expectations as we were coming into 2020. Because 2020, I had travel plans. I had all sorts of plans. And coming into 2021, I know that that's not going to happen. So I was able to really level set with myself and say, all right. If for some reason, by June, we're able to do this, good. If not, then 
2022 holla at me in january like <laughs> by then everybody's vaccinated or something we might have a cure who knows and so i really think that that part is is interesting and then even hearing colette you say that it was a boom for mental health really makes me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside because that meant that people took advantage of the services because I hear and I see the numbers come in about how depression has increased because of the pandemic and having to be at home and how people are affected by the death of their loved ones, whether it be friends or family. And so to hear that people are actually taking advantage of some of the resources to help reshape their minds is really powerful. For sure, especially within our community, right? Where Therapy is sometimes seen as a dirty word, right? It's not a a thing that we historically have done, right? And so to see not just the numbers increase, but to see the numbers of brown and black people increase that are um, scheduling appointments and coming into our office, it definitely has warmed my heart in terms of just knowing that we are looking at our mental health as important um, as the rest of our health. Like it, it is just as important and that we get to take that break, that we get to go and get support and to help us to, you know, reset goals and to re-energize ourselves. I think it's awfully important. I started having conversations with a lot of the, the Black men that I was close to and I started challenging them. And it, it was funny because you know, with my psychology background, the work that I do, leadership and organizational development and coaching, tie that all in, right? That's, that's a lot going on. And so I'm like, yo, I'm hearing a lot. Um, and people will come to a coach faster than they will go to a therapist, especially if, and I had this conversation, I said, especially if the person is already used, if he's an athlete and he's used to having a coach, getting another coach for a different aspect of life ain't going to be too Mm far-fetched. But then it was like, cool, get coaching, but also go to therapy. And so a lot of my friends, when I told them, yo, sometimes I go twice a week, they would look at me like, why do you go to therapy? What's wrong with you? I was like, why something got to be wrong? I'm going so nothing becomes wrong. (laughs) I'm trying to to stay where I am. Like, I do my tap. And when this tapping ain't working, I'm like, do, 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 do. Like, and so I said, I don't want to take the Tylenol. I want the vitamin. The vitamin will prevent me from needing the Tylenol if I take it appropriately. And so having these conversations and I I would always use the analogy. I said, all right, cool. Let's do some pushups, right? We do pushups and then we get to the point where we can't do anymore. I say, jump up, help me carry this box. They're going to look at me like, what? Because your arms are tired. I was like, this is what happens in life when we try to do our push-ups with the world pressing against us. And then we try to pick others up or carry our responsibilities or do this. You can't. You're going to drop something. Let someone come and put a hand on the box to like, take some weight off of it. That's therapist. Go ahead and give them a call. Use your health insurance. <laughs> right? And I was like, and a lot of these places have employee assistance programs. It's free. Five, you get five a year. You got seven months remaining. Spread them things out, talk to someone, and then you will see that I don't need to have a problem to get therapy. But I think it's that going back to the Black community, the stigma about mental health. 
We typically only hear about mental health when someone has a psychotic break, right? Or an episode or when it's, oh, well, you know, they had to take them X, Y, and Z. And it was like, well, for the last nine months, they was they was waving for help. Y'all didn't hear it. And now when shit hits the fan, now everybody wants to be concerned. It's not how it works. Right? It was like, go when you first start to feel like, mm, I'm not feeling like myself. I don't know how to handle what's happening because we, we always want to be in control of our situations. And when I started going to therapy once a week, I said, there was things happening to me that I couldn't get understanding with. And then typically be like, oh, you know, I can handle it. I, my hands was, was filled with everything else and I couldn't, I didn't have a hand. So the therapist helped me process some stuff. It was like, yo, what can you put down? And as black people, we carry a lot. And some some of the burdens that we bear are not ours to bear. And I think a lot of um, you are an advocate, clearly, for mental health. And I thank you for that, especially since you are a male, a brown collar. Like, that is awesome. Because I think what I'm hearing um, it tells me that there, you know, we as black people, not only is that stigma there in terms of how do I get help, but we don't get to have a off day, right? Because I don't know if you, how you guys were taught, but I was always taught you not only have to be good, but you've got to be better than the person sitting next to you. So imagine that is the burden that we're all kind of walking around with in our lives. We don't have to just be good. We have to be better than our counterparts who don't look like us in order to be seen as equal. That's that's what we walk around with on our shoulders. And then to have on top of that, we can't fall down, right? We can't ask for help. So you're already carrying a load that's heavier than the average Joe, Mm. And you can't fall with that load in your hand. Like that's the trauma uh, within our community that continues to kind of be perpetuated all the way around. I often like to talk about the myth of this mysterious strong black woman. Right. I would like to choke her because, quite frankly, she don't exist. Like all this stuff about, you know, the strong black woman. Right. What is that? It's teaching women and girls that they must be like these powerhouses and they Mm. can't hold things fallen and take a break right so I hear you and it's great to hear that from a man's perspective um, and to be such a strong advocate and I, I think I mean you you spoke to a very good point and I think we also have that expectation within the black manhood realm like I have to be this I have to be that and I'm like well what happens when you don't Mm -hmm. like what happens I had to get to the point where even with family, I had to put boundaries. Someone was like, hey, give such and such a call. I'll call them on Monday. Oh, well, today's Friday. I'm glad you have a calendar. Monday. Mm-hmm. One, I already know what they're going to want to talk about. And I'm not in the space, right? We typically force ourselves to be what other people need us to be without checking in to say, am I in the space to have this conversation? And I tell you, there's a reason why when we get on those lovely airplanes and go travel, when we could travel pre-COVID, that they would say, put that mask on yourself first. And the reason for that is because we can't be broken and not able to take care of ourselves. If we aren't physically fit, if we aren't physically, mentally fit, if we aren't there for ourselves, how in the world are we going to be there for someone else? But yet that is the experience, right? 
because the strong black woman, the strong black male, we have to hold the world and everybody in our world on our shoulders, especially if you come from a background where you're the first to be educated or you're one of few to be educated. Like it's not just you and your immediate family, right? It's the whole family, right? Mm -hmm. And that is the role and the experience of a black professional or um, someone who has made it. I put that in quotations. (laughs) And the question that I always ask friends and family is, what do you need to unlearn? Just because the generations before you did it and they taught you that this is what's supposed to be happening. What do you need to unlearn so that you can learn one, how to take care of yourself? And then only then can you take care of others. So I had to unlearn boys don't cry, right? I had to unlearn that. It was funny, Antoine Fisher, I always reference that, right? Who will cry for the little boy that cries inside of me, right? Who will cry for the little boy, uh, a good boy he tried to be. And so as I'm helping young men go through this and they're getting to the point and I'm helping them to identify these emotions. And what do we do when, when these emotions come, right? From emotions, we get feelings. And what happens with feelings? We get responses externally. And so like, when you get upset, what happens? We got to unlearn that men can't show emotion. We have to unlearn it. We have to unlearn that women have to always be strong. Right? There was one day my team hit me up. I said, hey, guys, listen, today I'm not in inspirational. <laughs> I'm not motivating others. I don't have an encouraging word. I really want to be left alone. And my team was like, we'll talk to you tomorrow. And I had to start being transparent. Someone will call me and start venting. I'm like, hey, not to cut you off. I know you're going through something. I, too, am going through something. And I am not in the space to take on anything that you were about to transfer to me. So let's talk next week. And if it is an emergency, let me refer you to someone that can talk to you right now. Mm-hmm. Right? I had to start being selfish, as some people would say from the outside, with my time and my, my self-care. Because as I said, 2020 was a lot. And so I now am in this space to where just because you want me to do it doesn't mean I'm going to. Like I got Thank family members mad at me today. And thank you for qualifying the selfish, as some people would say, because that's not selfish, that's selfless. Because in order for you to be able to support your team tomorrow, you need that moment today, right? And that is what we haven't allowed ourselves in the past. Yes. And we always ask for permission for what we need for ourselves. We don't ask for permission when we're being advocates for somebody else. We don't ask for permission. I'm telling you, this is what I'm doing. Tell me what you're going to do to take care of yourself. Like, oh, I didn't know you were taking a day off. I didn't need to tell you I was taking a day off, right? And so then I had to be like, ah, Ronald, pull it back a little bit. Nope, I don't want to. I had to tell you I was taking a day off. You want to know why? Because it's my day off. You want to know why? I earned the time. You want to know why? Because I worked, (laughs) right? It's like, I'm not asking permission to do what I need to do for myself. And that was one big lesson that I had to take. Someone was like, hey, let's jump on the Zoom. No, send me an email. Because I'm Zoomed out. Right. Unless it's something like this, everybody wants to be on Zoom so we can see that everyone else is working. I'm like, you know what? I intentionally don't turn my camera on in the middle of the day. (laughs) Just a little rubble. I am. I am. I am. Hey, uh, can you turn your camera on? It don't work. (laughs) Don't work. Don't work. (laughs) Right. But going back to my point is like, what do we have to unlearn so we can be better? And we can't do better until we become better. Right. And some people will say that's backwards. I was like, no, we have to be better for ourselves so we can start doing better for others. For others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of the unlearning 
is actually learning to sit with and experience mm. those emotions, right? Yeah. Because, you know, we all know what happy looks like and what that feels like. And we usually are able to sit with that. But let a little bit of frustration or sadness or something come up and, you know, you, you swallowing that one down because you can't allow that to bubble up because what will happen, you know, people are worried about, afraid about what would happen if that actually does bubble up. But we've got to learn to sit with those emotions because if not, they stay within us. They do not leave our body. They stay right there in it and they pile up and they pile up and they pile up. And then, you you know, that's when your best friend is like laid out on the floor because then all those emotions are about up. They said one wrong thing and you just happened to be here when I exploded. Mm-hmm. My bad. <laughs> well, and I would also just say that the suppression of those feelings show up differently and they oh, show yeah. up in all different ways. And I think it's important to realize that while there is a moment where if you keep pushing, they do pop up and explode, but they seep out. Oh, and for sure. They are everywhere. And it's like, well, why did you ever say it like that? It's like, oh, what did I say? I was mm-hmm. saying. I want to. <laughs> like what? Hey, it's like, no, that's not what you said. <laughs> you know, and so it's to also part of that mindfulness and that intention on doing a check-in. In my coaching program, we had I call it emotional bingo. And I have a chart of different emotional words, whether they are anger, happiness, sadness, whatever they are. And as I go through any given day, I write down if there's a feeling on that chart, (laughs) when I felt it and why I felt it. And I share it with some of my clients because so often people don't have a word for the feeling. They just have a feeling. And so trying to identify what the word is in the moment and the why is sometimes too much. So if you read any of these, how do they hit you on a scale of one to 10? If it was, you know, or zero to 10, zero being not at all, 10 being holy smokes, that's it, you know? And so what it does and what it's done for me even is it allowed me to say, I'm annoyed, (laughs) and not overusing the word just to say that somebody's bothering me, but actually annoyed. And this is when and why it happened. And then it's almost like, I don't journal. I really don't like it, but it's a sense of release for me and what other people say they get when they journal. (laughs) Um, But it's just this little thing that when you all were talking about the emotions and pushing them down and letting them come out and how they seep out was something that was going through my mind as we're talking about it. Yeah, I like that exercise because it not only allows you to put a name to it, it allows you to be aware. So many of us just kind of run through the day because, you know, we got all these things we need to attend to and you're not conscious of what's happening, right? And so being aware of those emotions is even as important. Yeah, very interesting. So 2021, what do you have planned for yourselves as we look into this globe of 2021? I would say, so every year I do the one word challenge. And 2020, I took a year off, ironically, right? I didn't do it and then obviously everything started happening. Um, So this year I did it again and invited some more friends to participate with it. And my word this year is elevate. And it's to raise to a higher level. And so... 
I went from just using this word as focusing, right? I'm not doing a vision board. I instead I'm doing a vision journal. And so using my one word, it's like, cool. I would coach for this particular client like this. How can I take it up to the next level? I would do workshops. How can I take it up to the next level? I don't want to repeat what I used to do. They're not paying me to do what I used to do. Like every year I have to be bigger. And so that has been like my theme. And so from just the one word, I have turned it into a brand component of my company. And so the elevate component, when it runs out, the curriculum, trademark, everything will be elevate. I have it on shirts. Anytime I show up for my one word challenge stuff, it says elevate. And I remind myself like, ah, you laying in bed too long. Yesterday, you said you was going to get up earlier. I need you to elevate your get out of bed time, right? I need to, the earlier you get up, the more time it takes to get all that dust off, get the juices flowing, and then get your hand on the plow. And so I'm excited because even with things still happening and stuff still looking real familiar like 2020, I forced myself to elevate even my thinking and understanding of things. In dealing with people, I'm elevating the amount of grace that I'm extending to others. And I am elevating the space for understanding and holding that space so that we can have more conversations and dialogue. Typically, you know, we have a conversation and it's we hit it, we quit it, boom. But now I'm I'm extending and elevating the level of grace because um, everyone's dealing with stuff and removing expectations and assumptions meeting you wherever you are. So if I meet you in the middle of a conversation and you are swimming in a sea of doubt and depression and disgust and disappointment, I'm going to come and sit with you in that. I didn't say I'm going to take it on, right? But I'm going to sit with you so you know that you're not doing this by yourself. Even if I'm there just to like prop you up when you start leaning down, right? But Mm -hmm. I'm to remind you, right, that this situation is not your destination, And so being able to understand and it's caused me to take a step back and have check-ins with myself before I get on the, on the camera and be like, cool, are you in the space to laugh? Like, cause I know this person is going to have some jokes. And if I'm not in the mood to like fake laugh to save my job, stay off camera. Right. I go through this checklist because typically we show up even when we don't feel like it. And I told myself, I'm not doing that this year. I'm not doing that. I'm in my home. I'm working. I'm delivering results. Don't expect nothing else from me. Right. If I'm not in the space to where I can give you my best, then you're not going to get any part of me. Right. I'm not giving people discounts. I'm not knocking down the value percentages off, no coupons, no nothing. If, if you not, if you, <laughs> I always laugh because I'm like, <laughs> my friend was like, well, you know, I'm not a drinker. I was like, right. You can't take Ronald at a hundred proof. I get it. <laughs> right? I understand. But understand that I'm not watering it down just so you can take it, right? You're going to get me at 100 or it's not because I've elevated the way I'm doing things. And so that has been my my motivating force um, to even elevate my gratitude, right? I can give thanks for all things, but am I always giving thanks for all things? Or am I only being grateful when I'm in a good space? I got this random check in the mail, so now I'm grateful. I need to be grateful even if the check didn't come. For sure. 
Well, for me, it really is, I mentioned earlier, it's about reconnection and repurpose. So um, repurpose doesn't even feel right. It's really on purpose. Everything that I am choosing to be a part of and choosing to be connected to and choosing to have in my life right down to the people in my life is going to be and is on purpose. And if it doesn't match my purpose, if it doesn't match where I'm headed, if it doesn't line up to my value, I just got to say goodbye. And it's all good. Like I'm going to say goodbye with love and peace and happiness, but I'm going to say goodbye because the deal is, is that if I'm the, the smartest chick in the room, if I am the only one in the room that's saying this is where I want to be, then it's not right. If I'm the only one that's saying, wait a minute, that's not how we treat people. If I'm the only one in the room saying that, then I'm clearly in the wrong room. And so everything that I do and the people that I surround myself with, the organizations that I spend my time in, that I give my time to, it's on purpose. And that's what 2021 is going to be about for me is making sure that it's on purpose and on my purpose. It's about what my purpose is. And I think I'm probably a little older than both of y'all. It's the first time in my years that I have given myself permission to make it about me because it's always been about what, you know, this person needed or that person needed or my child needed or, you know, the job needed or what my business needs. Not even about my business. It's about what I need for this year. And because I, I really believe that as we pour into ourselves, it gives us the excess to be able to pour into someone else um, and things that align with us. So that's what it is for me for 2021. I like your pour in analogy. And I was like, oh, that's good. That's good. And I remember my mentor, he gave me a poem that said, um, drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. Mm-hmm. And so whenever we would part ways, he said, may you continue to drink from your saucer. Exactly. He was like, that's what you give to people. You don't give people, you don't give people stuff from your cup. cup. Give them the overflow. And I was like, God, keep giving me stuff so I have overflow to give because they can't get the brood part. I have to get the overflow, the spill mm-hmm. off. Run over. <laughs> and the only way you get spill off and run over is when you're good to you. You got to be you. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. That is, that's really good for both of you. Like the, the elevating and the on purpose. I had a conversation earlier today where we were talking about branding and how people don't come to you because you have this amazing product. They come to you because it's branded in a way that speaks to them. And so is the branding in alignment with you, you being me in that moment. And so I said, ooh, <laughs> you know, and she was like, what type of shoes do you have on right now? And I was like, uh, I don't a pair of riding boots <laughs> by a person I would like not to say their name. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am not getting a profit off of this. And she was like, but think about it. Why did you buy those boots? She said, you knew about the quality. You knew that they were going to fit. You knew all of these things. But at the end of the day, if we took their name off of that shoe and you got them from Payless, would you still buy them? And I was like, well, no, 
She said, there's branding. (laughs) She said, it's all about the branding. And so she said, there's no difference in how you're walking out and how you're putting out all of these things into the world. Do they really align with who you are and continually make sure that people are investing in you and your brand? And so when I hear both of you talk about elevating and making sure you're doing things consciously and showing up the way you want to show up and doing things on purpose, they remind me of that earlier conversation, which is just like, I love when things come back full circle because that was this morning. (laughs) And so um, I really do. I love that. I really, really do. So thank you. So as we near the end of our conversation tonight, or this evening, morning, whatever time people are watching. (laughs) Uh, What is something that you want people to do or walk away with from our conversation today? Well, when I think of um, what I want people to do, um, I want people to honor thyself. I want them to be able to look in the mirror and honor the beautiful specimen that they see before them. And I want to see them do that regularly, daily, until they believe it, until they can step out into the world and say, you know what, that is who I am. I want them to honor that. What I want them to take away from the conversation is that um, we all show up in this world as we are. And the more we can authentically identify and connect with who we are, the more we will receive and be able to give in this world. So, I mean, just those two things, honor thyself and then show up as you are. It's powerful. Ah, what do I want people to do? In the words of my grandmother, she would say, get somewhere and sit down. (laughs) 2020 was the year for us to get somewhere and be still. Mm-hmm. And it's in the stillness when our dreams speak louder. It's in the stillness where we get clarity for our vision. It's in the stillness where we can say, you know what? Maybe I need to check myself. It's when everything else is silence and there's no distraction. It's just me. I can focus on that. Right. But I can't focus on the me that my coworkers think I am. I can't focus on the me that my family expect me to be. I can only focus on me when I get somewhere and I sit down, right? And so I want them to get somewhere. I want them to sit down and I really want them to focus on who they are at the core when they are alone by themselves. And then identify, because we all have something that we need to work on, right? I was leading a trauma workshop and I said, we are all walking around with unhealed trauma. Whether it was in third grade when someone took my last Jolly Rancher that I ain't, I ain't forgot about yet. And so now every time I see Jolly Ranchers, I'm triggered, right? And now I'm looking at you. It's like, were you in my third grade class? Like, mm-hmm. Why you offer me the blue one? How you know the blue one was the one that got taken from me, right? And so it's like, we all are walking around with something that's not all the way healed. So mm-hmm. sit somewhere, sit down somewhere, and then identify and get your healing in the things that aren't fully healed. Mm. because then we can be who we need to be for ourselves and then we can show up and then when we show up we can start to show out but until then you're only sending your representative and 2021 is about sending the real you the real deal yeah yeah that's powerful 
I, <laughs> Swear. So everything that I have been doing from a perspective of the webinars for Unspoken Truths, the podcast, everything is around awareness, acceptance, and authenticity. Mm. And call them the triple A's. And everything that we've talked about, and especially how you all just wrapped up what you want people to do, is the one thing or the three things <laughs> that I hope that people can march to in understanding that is self-awareness along with awareness of the, how you're operating in a space and how is that community serving you? And not from a selfish perspective of, of what are they giving me? What are you getting? What are the vibes that you are receiving? If every time you walk into a space, you feel drained before you get there, you should reconsider. Mm. <laughs> sure reconsider. And if you feel like you have to walk everywhere you are with this weight on your shoulders, you need to step back and do a reevaluation and accept your own responsibility of coming into the space that way. Sometimes we have unexpected things on our shoulders because we think people think that we should come in this way. So many stories, right? So what's the reality of it? And then once we work on that stuff, we can really be show up in certain ways that feel good to us and be who we are. And so I think that um, I think that that's really powerful. I just want to say thank you for you all joining me because this is just it's such a great conversation and I hope to have more conversations with you all. And that's a wrap. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the My Best Shift podcast. For more information, or if you'd like to reach out, visit mybestshift.com. And remember, stop doing shit that doesn't serve you. See you later.